everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Hello, church, everywhere that you're gathered, whether you're alone or you're with others. We're, we're the church. We're the church on a thousand hills, the church on a thousand screens. And I'm glad that you're giving this time to the Lord. And as we open the scriptures, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1 today, looking at a famous verse, Joshua 1.9. And as you turn to Joshua chapter 1, we open the scriptures. Let's open our hearts to our Lord in prayer. Lord, in your mercy, don't leave us in silence, but speak your word. Don't leave us in darkness, but shed your light. Let your word come to us, Lord, wherever we are, and let it, let it, let it settle in on our minds and our hearts, Lord. Your word, which implanted, is able to save our souls. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the church said, Amen. Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is God's word. And we're grateful. Amen. Joshua 1.9. God backs me up. Hey, people can be kind of funny with their pets. One of the things about this uh, is coronavirus pandemic is we're running out of pets, right? People, pet adoption has, has gone up. Sometimes people go to the Humane Society, they can't even find a pet. They're just all taken. And people can get a little crazy about their pets, though. Sometimes we, sometimes we pamper our pets, right? And uh, maybe not you, but some people do. Maybe they go a little too far, too far sometimes. You know, sometimes it even gets to the point of wondering, who's really in charge here? You know, I like this one. When you're done, you can fill my bowl. And there's a, there's a couple in my neighborhood who pushes their dog on walks in a little doggy carriage, kind of like this one. They really do. I mean, I'm serious. And, and all I can say is, 
A, I wonder if they go to First Pres. And if you're watching, we love you. And, but B, I'm just, as I watch them go by, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that the dog needs the help, right? Like, I'm hoping the dog needs the help. Because <laughs> at some point, it just gets to the point of asking, who's really in charge here? Like, who's the master? And who's the pet? Who is serving whom? We're in this series, we're entering this series called The Bible Top Five. We're in our second week. We're looking at these most searched, most clicked, most shared verses and asking the question, when people go looking in the Bible, what are they looking for? When people go searching, what are they searching for? And my theory is this. There's this group of the most popular verses, but my theory is this, that the the most popular and most searched verses are also those that are most popularly misunderstood. And that, in fact, it's sometimes it's a misunderstanding that really makes them popular. But the true meaning of it is actually even better. It's even better than the misunderstanding. Joshua 1.9, famous verse. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, what a wonderful verse. What a great promise. Wherever you go, God's going to be with you. Wherever you go, God is there. Wherever you go, God says, I will be with you. It's a wonderful promise. But it can kind of get misunderstood a little bit. It can slip into that misunderstanding where you think you're saying, okay, so wherever I go, God's going to back me up. Does that mean God has promised God backs me up? Wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I decide, God's always going to have my back because God apparently wants to be on my team. Not exactly, not exactly. It's kind of like last week, you know, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Does that mean I can do anything at all? It creeps into a misunderstanding. And sometimes the misunderstanding is what makes it popular. But the true meaning is even better. The true meaning is even better. It comes down to this on this verse. Who is serving whom? Are you trying to enlist God on your team for your agenda? Or or are you trying to join God's team And join his agenda. Are you trying to get God to serve you and your ends? Or are you willing to lay it all down to serve God on his mission? You see the difference? I really think for Christians, this is a hard one. I think think this is something that we all go through when we are deciding to follow Christ. It was difficult for me. Like the first thing that we think of is is I'm considering this proposition of a life with God following Jesus. I'm asking myself, well, how is this going to pay off for me? Like, is this a good idea as I'm making choices? Is this going to pay off, you know, what's the the benefits package that accrues to a, a man who decides to follow Jesus? And it's hard to shift into that other mindset And I'm thinking, okay, God's going to come and serve me. God wants to be on my team. That sounds like a really good benefits package. That God says, I'll I'll back you up wherever you go, you know. God's going to back me up. I get God on my team. It's like you're picking teams for for kickball. I think I'll take uh, God, right? That sounds like a really good deal. Sounds like a really good deal. The misunderstanding makes the verse popular. 
But the real meaning is even better. Listen, God is not a member of your team. God is not waiting for you. God is not sort of in suspense waiting for your direction, right? Waiting for you to tell him where he needs to apply his his absolute authority and sovereignty and limitless power. God's not waiting for you to direct him. He's not on your team. You see, to, to have a relationship with God is to have a relationship with, well, God. God as God. And you can't come into that relationship in any other way. If you want to have a relationship with God, you've got to have a relationship with God as God. And that means you don't enlist God on your team, but he can enlist you on his team. That means... God doesn't doesn't work for you. You know, if Jesus is your co-pilot, move over. Because he's the one who needs to be in charge. God doesn't work for you. But rich is the promise. You give your life to me, I will be with you wherever you go. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You will never be alone again. Joshua is the next in line to lead. The book of Joshua begins where Deuteronomy left off with with the death of Moses. You know the story. The people of God, they, uh, if you know the story, they were originally kind of welcomed in Egypt in Joseph's day, but then over time, their place in society descended until they were enslaved, and they suffered slavery for years and years and years until God tapped on Moses' shoulder. He said, you go and you get and you lead them out. And Moses went and he led them out, and they've left the tyranny of Pharaoh and the slavery and the chains, the bondage, and they've passed through the Red Sea. And now it's been 40 years and they're, they're on the precipice looking over into the promised land across the River Jordan is everything God promised. And then right there, Moses dies. Moses isn't going with them. See, Moses, his job was the liberation. His part was the, the, the wilderness training up to that moment. But he doesn't get to go into the promised land. And now Moses is dead. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Joshua, you. Listen, you can't underestimate the weight, the gravity of those words. Moses is dead. Moses. Moses, the 
The God-appointed liberator, Moses, the, the, the one who, who, who brought all these the strength, the mouthpiece of God, Moses of the Sinai Covenant, Moses of the Ten Commandments, Moses who, who, who showed the, the arm of God moving in against Pharaoh with miraculous strength to bring the people out of slavery. Moses is dead. And it's just the man. It's all the promises that, that go with him. It's all that surrounds who Moses is. It's all he represents. If Moses is gone, what happens to us? What about all those plans? What about the future that I was, I was invested in? What about the plans I had? If Moses is gone, then what happens to me? Psalm 146 says, when their spirit departs, they return to the ground. That very day, their plans come to nothing. Moses is dead. What about the plans? Is God still with us? Is God's prom- are God's promises, are they going to go on even after? You see, we're tempted in these moments to, to think that God's love comes to an end, to think that God's promises are possibly broken off. We're tempted at times to think that uh, since I can't see what's over there, since I can't see what's across the Jordan River, I don't know if God's going to keep going with Moses is dead and the plans die with the man. And so I don't know if God is going to have anything for me after this. Are you ever tempted to wonder if God is done with us? If God's left us behind? You ever feel that way right now? Just looking around, thinking, oh my gosh, what a world we're living in. Has God just finished? Are his promises promises broken off? No. God is not up there wringing his hands, wondering what's going to happen next. God in his absolute power, in his full sovereignty, God is at peace. And God is in perfect control. Of all that's unfolding, of every nation, every power, there's, there's, no, there's nothing that, that, no evil that has dethroned God and drained out his authority or power. No. And this God will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 5, he says it to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people. You will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. My plans don't die with Moses. My promises don't break off because Moses died. You see, as I was with Moses, God says. Sometimes the, the, the best way to get encouragement for the future is to look to the past. I know that's true for me. I've got to look back and see how faithful God was. And I don't know about you, but I found myself kind of looking back, learning about things I never knew about before, learning about past viruses and past illnesses and past flu bugs and all this stuff. And I look to the past, and then I find myself down in the basement of the church where the portraits of of pastors are lined up on a wall 
And I, I look those pastors in the eye and I imagine what was it like to lead a church through you know, Spanish flu, which I'd never heard about, right? Through World War I, through the Great Depression, you know? Hey, how was that? You know, and, the, and World War II and, and, and uh, the Hong Kong flu, 1968. You ever hear of that one? I hadn't, but that happened. And he had to lead, and how was it to lead the church through all that? And they didn't have online services. I don't know what they did. Write a letter? I don't know. But it, God was faithful. God was faithful. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. My promises don't fall void with the passing of Moses. My faithfulness is from generation to generation. My faithfulness is from age to age. And the church never stops moving forward and marching into the next generation, into the next heart. Jesus is on the move forward, you see. Our church is on the move forward. And it doesn't stop doesn't stop. So, Joshua, God says, as I was with Moses, in the same way, I'm with you. So stand up and lead. Lead these people forward and be strong. Now, Joshua will need to be strong. What unfolds next is total war, total war against the Canaanites. I'll be frank with you. This is one of my least favorite books to read. When I'm doing a, a reading through the Bible, um, this is the book that I'm, it's always the hardest one for me to get through. It's so hard for us to swallow total war, no survivors. Now, the time is 1400 B.C. I mean, that's a different world. It's a different life, and I know that. The peoples of Canaan, we know, they had, they had horrible practices, child sacrifice, forced temple prostitution. They had, as one scholar said, it was a snake pit of detestable practices, ruthlessly exploiting the most innocent and vulnerable of the community to appease false gods. I know that. I get that. And two, there's... There was no higher power to appeal to. Like there was no, uh, no League of Nations, no Hague Tribunal. There's just Joshua and his band of ex-slaves. But it's still, for me, it's very hard to read, isn't it? Uh, this total war. And it's a test of faith. It's a test of faith to trust that God's plan of salvation, to save billions and billions of souls, that somehow that plan included such a, such a loss. That means Joshua's going to need to be strong. See, he's going to need to be courageous. He's going to have many times in his life where he's going to wonder, is God good? Is God still involved? Is God still here? Is God still at work? Be strong and courageous, God says. Be strong. See? It's like he's saying, this is how I want you to respond. This is what I want coming back from you back to me. As I show you who I am, you be strong and courageous. You know what that is? That's faith. 
That's believing in what you cannot see. That is, that is understanding it and investing and entrusting in what is not yet realized. The promises that have not yet come to bear. You're believing in that. God is saying, have faith. Be strong and courageous. Have faith. Because I am faithful, you be faithful. Because I am good, you trust in me. Have faith. Be strong and very courageous. God seems to need to repeat this a few times as we're going through the passage. It's almost like I see Joshua kind of shrinking every time God says it. God's like, nah, I'm serious. He said, you know, be strong. Eh, I don't know. And, you know, be very strong. I'm not so sure. Be very strong, Joshua. Come on. Come on. Find your courage. Get on your feet. Take a deep breath. Step forward. Push fear back. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant gave you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep, keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day or night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, God says, this is the response I want. I want faith. I want you to be strong and courageous. I want you to believe that these promises are coming even though they're not there yet. And then with that, God also says, look, I want you to be careful. Follow my word. Follow my law. Don't just know it. Do it. Walk with it. Carry it with you. Have it on your lips. Have it on your mind. Now, let me say a word about that. This is not God saying... If you do what I tell you, then I'll give you extra, you know, goodies. This isn't God saying, if you, if you obey my commands, then I will bless you because of, what, of your obedience. This isn't God saying, you do that for me and I'll do something for you, you know. That's not how God works. That would be to set up the exact same system of sacrifice and response that caused the Canaanites to throw their children into the fires in front of false gods or to abandon children, to temple prostitution. God does not operate on a quid pro quo. This isn't God saying, you do this and I'll do that. So what is God saying? God's saying, look, I made this world. I made the universe and everything in it, and I know how it operates. And if you'll walk along with my word, it'll go well for you. But if you walk along and you go counter to my word and you disregard what I've offered you, the guidance that I've given you, the wisdom that I've instilled in you, it's not going to go well for you. So when you walk forward, you walk with my word. When you step, you follow my word. My word is a gift to help you things to go well for you. Then we get our famous verse, Joshua 1.9. God backs me up, whatever I do, right? Wherever I go, God wants to be on my team. Not exactly. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Didn't I tell you, be strong, have faith, believe. Respond with 
Courage. Believe what you don't yet see, and I will be with you wherever you go. No, God is not saying, you know, let me join your team. Let me get on your team. You've never had a team member like me. You know, once I get on your team. No, what God is saying is this. I'm here, and I'm in charge, and I'm not spinning out of control, and I'm not worried about tomorrow, and I'm bringing all of my promises to fruition. I will accomplish my purposes. The victories that I've guaranteed, they will come about. So you... Take a deep breath. Find your courage. Be strong. Believe. Take a step forward. And when you do, you'll find I was already there in front of you. And I'll be with you. You'll never be alone again. A life in my hands. I never forsake. I don't enlist God in my plans. God enlists me in his plans for his glory. One last thought, friends. I'll be with you, says the Lord. How can God be with us? How can God be with Joshua? God, you see... God is not a a false idol waiting for a sacrifice and deciding how to respond. God does not operate as a quid pro quo. It's not something I give God to, to make God be with me. God is, to be in a relationship with God is to be in a relationship with God as God. How can that God be with me? The only way that promise is kept is through Jesus. You see, Joshua, he's going to do a lot of strong and courageous things. But he's also going to do a lot of things that are counter to God's law. How can God be with that? God, God who is holy does not commune with unholiness. God who is righteous does not tolerate injustice, unrighteousness. God does not intermix. How can God be with Joshua? Joshua, sometimes he's going to do brave things. Sometimes he's going to do foolish things. You and I, sometimes we're going to do brave, courageous things. Sometimes we're going to do fearful and foolish things. Sometimes we're going to walk with God's law. Sometimes we're going to run right counter to it. How can God promise to be with you? Only through Jesus. Only through Jesus Christ came and took on flesh as a man and bore in that flesh the consequences for our sins when he carried our sins to the cross and he died an atoning sacrifice so that all of the the consequences of our turning away all of the consequences of our errors they were taken on Jesus and he paid the penalty for them and in his resurrection life as we are in Christ the promise is sure it's not through Joshua it's through Yeshua it's through Jesus that you are with God and he is with you and a life rested in Jesus he never leaves never forsakes you'll never be alone again God will be with you So you, 
strong. Be courageous. Don't be discouraged. Don't give in to fear. God will be with you. The true meaning is even richer than the misunderstanding. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Lord, there are so many reasons for us to be afraid. There are so many gut punches that discourage our hearts right now. Lord, that's not what we're going to be. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be discouraged. We're going to be in you, Jesus Christ, because you have won a relationship with us by your death on the cross, by your victory over death, by your rising to eternal life. You have won a victory for us, and we're going to rest in that, Jesus. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be discouraged. We're going to take a deep breath and a step forward, and we're going to know, Jesus, that whenever we step toward you, you're already there. You're with us. Hold on to our lives. Lord Jesus, in your holy name we pray. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.